Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. My message this morning is more alive. Um, In John 10, uh, verse 10, Jesus, he says something that has fascinated my imagination for a very long time. And he speaks about the fact that he came that we could have life and have it to the full. Uh, Some uh, versions say, have life more abundantly. It's this concept that Jesus has brought a way to be more alive than what we are right now. And I guess that, to me, raises a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts come to mind. And and they are that we can actually be alive and not yet fully be alive. We can, we can be walking around, we can be doing our jobs, we can be going home to our families, but there's something about us that isn't fully alive. We're here, we're moving, we eat, we breathe, but we're not yet fully alive. Um, we can even see, we can see the stars, we can see the oceans, but maybe we're not seeing the full beauty of what we're surrounded by. It's this idea that um, we're not fully alive. I remember when I became a Christian, uh, it was a long time ago now, but I remember running out of the church building that I was in because I was starting to freak out. Um, it was good. And I found myself outside. And um, I remember uh, Phil, Pastor Phil coming out, who I thought was the bus driver, we all know the story. I didn't realize he was a pastor, Phil. I just thought he was a bus driver, Phil. And um, he just called, he called a spade a spade. Hey, mate, uh, looks like you're freaking out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, do, you, do you want to say a prayer? And I knew something came alive in me. I was like, yes, I do. I want to connect to this source that I'm becoming aware of. And so we prayed, and it was the best thing ever. And I remember, I remember looking at the stars. I'd loved the stars my whole life. My parents even got me a telescope when I was a kid, um, and <laughs> it's, uh, it's so good. I used to try and spy on my, um, one of my best friends, Matt Downs, from my balcony, who I could see to his uh, street. It's good. And, um, but yeah, uh, all other things are coming back to me from my childhood of what I was trying to look at as well, which is crazy. But here I am, redeemed. It's good. Um, and no, but I used to love the stars. Oh, <laughs> I used to love the stars and I used to look at them. But anyway, fast forward to this moment where I was aware of this presence of God and I said the prayer. And then I remember after praying and, and feeling a connection with God, I looked up at the stars and they looked completely different to how I ever looked at them before. They were more beautiful. There was more meaning behind them. It was a fascinating moment. I, 
I remember just wanting to just look at them all night long. And as I looked at them, I could feel that the God of the universe loved me and was with me. So special. Super emotional this morning. Um, do guys get that time of month? I'm not really sure. Uh, I feel like I might be. I feel like I'm out of sorts, but uh, maybe it's menopause. That gets thrown a lot around here. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's that. I don't know if I can get that either, but here we are. Um, anyway, this way that Jesus brings, this way to be more alive Uh, And like all life, this life that he speaks of has a starting point, has a starting point. And I want to have a look at a passage of scripture. We're going to go through it together. We're going to have a look at um, this starting point of this life that he speaks of where we can experience life to the fullest and, and be more alive, we're going to have a look at the starting point, the origins of this life. And if you can turn with me, we'll go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 1. And it says this, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, this is, <laughs> how many times does someone, before I say this, how many times does someone come up to Jesus and start talking and then Jesus just starts talking <laughs> when they've barely finished a sentence and it's just like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Jesus just comes in with this line and you're going, what? Anyway, uh, Uh, he says, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can, and then Nicodemus says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born, which raises a whole bunch of imagery that we would prefer not to entertain. Uh, But you can if you want, but it's disgusting. Jesus answered, I recommend you don't. Um, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows, this is good, just now now imagine um, some sitar has entered the scene and and he drops this line, it's going, like you're feeling real, he might have even been levitating when he said this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What a fascinating passage of Scripture. Um, Love it. It's so fascinating. And we're going to have a look at it. We're going to see what's in this passage, and we're going to find out that Jesus, whenever he spoke, even though uh, in the first moment you might be going, 
what is he talking about? We're going to find out that he knew exactly what he was talking about, that he measures his words perfectly, and that he was right on point with what he was saying to the man, Nicodemus. So let's have a look. Now, there was a man. Uh, there was, okay, so I've got the NIV here and the NIV here. They're slightly different. I know that some people are freaking out about the NIV, but I promise you this is all good. Nothing's been removed or changed. We're, we got this. We got this. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Nicodemus, what do we find out about Nicodemus at this moment? We find out that he's a Pharisee. We also find out that he is a member of the Jewish ruling council. So if you could picture like um, a bishop, like, the high, like a high bishop, um, plus a uh, CEO, plus a politician, this is who you are looking at. One of the most elite guys in the town, in the place at the time. Um, a master of religion, a master of business, and, and, and kind of like a judge as well. Like this guy was at the top. He was, he was up there. And he had his own way of thinking and, and, and whatsoever. Um, what, do we also, what do we see? We see that uh, in verse 2, he came to Jesus at night. Um, John, the apostle John, who wrote this book, he entertains these themes of light and darkness, light and darkness, all throughout all of his letters. And light is very symbolic of something and darkness is very symbolic of things. And obviously we can see that the light is good and the dark is maybe void of goodness. And there's a lot of sim uh, imagery that goes along with John and his light and dark. I know that um, Pastor Phil wanted to do a series and maybe still will at some point do a series on light. And uh, it is fascinating, it's worth studying, it's awesome, you get a lot out of it, and it makes reading uh, John's letters, you, you go, wow, there's a, there's a thing behind the thing here. There's something uh, more than meets the eye. But in this case, Nicodemus going to Jesus in the darkness, John is trying to make a point here that um, it might be reflective of where he is at spiritually, that he's, he's coming to Jesus in darkness, He's coming to Jesus in darkness. Um, so what else do we see in this scripture? Um, we see here that Nicodemus makes a judgment. We see, say, Rabbi, we know, this is in verse 2, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Uh, we see G, uh, Nicodemus, he's making a judgment and reveals his perception, excuse me, his perception of who Jesus is. Uh, he perceives Jesus to be a teacher. Uh, this, is, this is the thing that he's sought. He's seen that um, God's doing all this crazy stuff. He, he's got this idea that um, he's got to come from God because too many incredible things are happening. He must be a teacher. Jesus must be a teacher. Um, and Jesus stops him in his tracks and drops this line, uh, which is just like, what? Like, he, he stops it, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like Jesus is going, hang on, hang on, hang on. And Jesus says, what does he say again? He says, uh, I tell you the truth. 
No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So this is where we're up to now. This guy that's coming to Jesus, it's alluded that he's in spiritual darkness. Um, He's got an understanding of of how he sees things. And he sees that uh, Jesus is a teacher from God. And then Jesus says, hang on, hang on. If you want to see the kingdom, you must be born again. Um, The word again here, uh, if you translate it correctly through the Greek, it can also most definitely mean above. You must be born from above. Um, Jesus is saying, you want to see what's happening here? You want to see what's going on right here, right now? You've got to be born from above. You've got to be born again. There's got to be some sort of birth that takes place within you uh, that's not natural. It's, it's not physical, I should say. It is very natural. <laughs> Some people like to call it supernatural, but it's actually not. It's actually very natural, very normal. Uh, but we've turned it into supernatural. That's not. Um, so that's where we're at. That's where we're at just now. Um, so Jesus stops him in his tracks, points out, no, you must be born again. So Nicodemus, who paints the awful imagery... <laughs> Uh, he's, he's <laughs> oh, why? Why do you do this to me? It's probably you, Poppy Charlie. You're bringing out this side of me. No, it's good. I like it. I like to laugh. I like to laugh. Good. Everyone else like to laugh? Yeah. Um, stop, you must be born again. Nicodemus can't see what Jesus is talking about can't see it. Uh, Nicodemus is, he's heard this um, profound statement from Jesus and he's, he's not understanding. Um, he thinks literally about it and thinks he's got to enter his mother's womb. Crazy, disgusting talk. Um, here's something to think about. Nicodemus was considered to be of the religious elite And yet even he couldn't see that Jesus was talking on a spiritual level. Nicodemus, as we found out earlier, he's meant to be the the boss man of all things spiritual. He's meant to be enlightened. He's meant to be the one that knows all this stuff. And he's just getting a bit of um, a humbling experience, shall we put it, with Jesus. He's like, oh, this is beyond me now. I, I, you're operating in a whole new mode, in a whole new way. I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Um, then, this is really cool. Jesus talks about the wind. Let's read this and imagine, do we have any sitar players around? No? Wouldn't it be cool? Um, let's have a look here. It says, uh, let me find it. I tell you the truth, no one flesh gives birth to flesh. Yeah, oh yeah, so the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. There is um, something deeply mysterious about the times when we come alive to the Spirit. There's something deeply mysterious at the heart of every person that's ever 
uh, journeyed on this life and, and become born again, it's a, it's a mystery. There's a mystery to it. And um, that you can't put a formula on it. There's, there's no formula to become born again. There's no uh, video series that you can watch and figure out the, the formula to become born again. It's a mystery. And Jesus uses a beautiful, he's, he's doing a real beautiful play on words because the word that is used for wind here is pneuma. And pneuma is also translated as spirit. So if you want to be born of the spirit, it's like the wind. Spirit's like the wind. There's a, you, you, you can't see it, you don't understand it, but you can feel it. You can feel it and it moves you. And when it moves you, you surrender to it and you become born again. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting here that in the Christian tradition, to experience new birth, there usually has to be a death to the old way of things. And this theme of uh, coming alive and dying to something, coming alive to God and dying to something else, or coming alive to something that is good and dying to something that is bad, that theme is riddled all throughout the Scripture. You want to experience this new thing. This, you see people, they look more alive and they look more alive in, in areas where you think, ah, what's, what, how, do they, how do they do that? And I can guarantee that there was a dying to something. Someone that's more, more alive in um, peace, they seem to have all this peace. I guarantee there's a moment where they chose to die to fear and anxiety. They actually made a decision, you know what? I can't do this anymore. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try my best. I know it's going to be hard and I need your strength. I'm going to die to that. I'm, I'm going to choose to not let that have its grip on me. And I'm going to open myself up to the new thing that you want to do in me, which is give me peace. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, it's like to move to a new mode, we've got to die to the old mode. And this theme, I said, it's riddled throughout the Scriptures. We're going to go through a quick few. In Romans 6, 4, we see, uh, it says this, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And Romans 6, 8 says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And Ephesians beautifully puts it in 4:22 to 24, says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Dying, this death and resurrection cycle, it's all throughout the scripture. It's one of the most beautiful uh, cycles that we see all throughout Scripture. It's a, it's, a, it's a phenomena. And it's something so profoundly beautiful to dying to things that are of an old way that are doing us no good and coming more alive to the life that God wants us to live, this life to the fullness, this to become more alive in who we are um, is, is amazing. So... 
Um, just as a quick side note, whilst we're on this track, if you're finding it hard to move to the next mode of life, whatever, whatever facet it takes, ask yourself the question, uh, what old mode do I need to die to? Um, so anyway, this birth that we're talking about, this, this birth, uh, it's really about moving from one mode to the next mode. We got that, right? Yeah, yeah. So back to Nicodemus. The Pharisee, his perception of God and the, and the world was very different to the way that Jesus taught. Super, super different. Um, to Nicodemus, uh, right standing with God was based on, uh, your, it was basically a birthright. If you were born in a, in a certain nationality, then that's how you are right with God. Uh, his right standing with God was based on his education, how much he knew about the things of God. And um, it was also based, Nicodemus's right standing with God was, was based in his deeds. So basically, Nicodemus had this idea that, well, my right standing with God and my way that I see the kingdom is because I'm a Jew. It's because um, I'm educated in the ways of God. And it's because of the good things I do. So Jesus is basically uh, pointing out to Nicodemus that you're living in the wrong mode. You're living from a wrong mode. You're trying to see what's happening here. You're trying to see me. You're trying to see the kingdom of God. But you're viewing it from a completely wrong place. You can't see. You're never going to see what you're trying to see from where you are. You need to die to the old mode and come alive in the expansiveness and in the immensities of God. can almost hear Jesus saying, Nicodemus, there's so much more. There's so much more than what you think you can see. There's so much more about this life than what you, th- you could ever imagine. This, this God that you think you know, there's so much more to this God than you could ever imagine. So much more to this God. And so... John, he moves from this story to the crescendo of this passage. It's a, it's a beautiful passage of scripture that we've all heard a thousand times and we're just gonna read it right now. Um, keep in mind that to, to Nicodemus, this idea would have been absolutely mind-blowing. This is a brand new thought. This is scandalous. This is like, oh, what is this thought? What is this thing that you're saying? This can't be true. His mind was literally blown, and, and John picks it up in John 3, 16 to 17. Just imagine being Nicodemus, hearing this with all these ideas of God, all these ideas that you're only right with God because of who your parents are. You're only right with God because of the things that you know about him. You're only right with God or, or loved by God because of the things you do. John three sixteen to 17 says, For God so loved the world. Mind blown. Can't believe it. 
That's heresy right there. I'm not even joking. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But God, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Heresy. <laughs> Heresy. You mean a God, this God that I thought I've known, loves the whole world despite of, of the things they've done, despite who their parents were, despite of their even knowing, they, they don't even know you, God. How can you love them? This God loves the whole world and doesn't require anything, doesn't require deeds, doesn't require good works or, or anything. All he says is, whoever believes, whoever believes in me. This would have blown Nicodemus's mind. So, so cool. I love it. And, um, and so, we're talking about this new life, being born again. Uh, what happens when we're born again? Jesus, he, he tells us, he gives us the hint in John 3, 3. says, what's the point? What, the, what happens when we become born again? One of the, the things that Jesus chooses to make a point of is this. Uh, makes it clear that we can see the kingdom of God. You can see the kingdom of God. It says this in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. When we become born again, one of the things that Jesus is pointing out amongst many blessings that happen is that we can see, understand, we, we perceive we perceive the kingdom of God. It's, it's far more than just seeing it with our eyes. It's perceiving it with our minds and our hearts. We can actually perceive that this God, this God and his kingdom are right here amongst us and that this God loves us more deeply than you could ever imagine. And he wishes that none would perish, no one. He's not out there trying to judge. The scriptures makes it clear. He wishes that none would perish. It's just a beautiful thing. I just wanna read out this last th thing, these last thoughts of mine um, before we finish up here. But what happens when we're born again? We see that God and his kingdom I'm gonna say it again, are right here amongst us and that he loves us all more deeply than we could ever imagine and that he wishes that none should perish without tasting and seeing that he is good. We see that this God was wanting us to experience life more abundantly the whole time, to be more alive and to live in the most profoundly loving relationship with the creator of the universe. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.
faith to live like Christ.